Boom! Good morning, good morning. On today's podcast, I have special guest, R.T. Custer. R.T. is the founder of Vortic Watch, one of the only American-made watch companies helping resurrect antique watches by combining vintage internals with modern wristwatch cases. Within just eight years, he has been able to take it from scratch to seven figures in revenue. Have a listen. Have you ever had negative thoughts in your mind that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be successful? If so, you're not alone. I've had those thoughts playing in my mind ever since I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. It's a dirty, dark secret that no one likes to talk about as the glamorization of becoming an entrepreneur is shown in the media. I realized that in order to succeed, I needed help. We all do. So I decided to go all in on myself, spending thousands of hours in the trenches, reading, joining groups, listening to podcasts, hiring coaches to develop a bulletproof morning routine for success. Join me on my journey as together we build our morning fire to ignite our lives as entrepreneurs. My name is Jeff Wickersham, and this is the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Welcome to the show. I am excited to have special guests with me today, R.T. Custer. R.T., welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yes, I am so excited to get into our discussion. Before we do, let's get into a proper state. Let's go ahead and do three power breaths in. We're going to breathe in through the belly, up through the chest. Go ahead and breathe in. And out. Good. Another breath in. And out. Final breath in. And out. All right, after we've centered ourselves, let's amp up the energy. So I'm going to count th- count down three, two, one. We're going to yell boom at the top of the lungs, pound our chest in three, two, one, and boom, boom. There you go. Thanks. I appreciate you <laughs> playing it. along. Always a, a good thing to do, get that energy amped up. So RT, I eat, sleep, breathe, morning habits, rituals, routines. I feel like they are the foundation to starting your day and success in the proper manner. So what's what's one or two things you do to start your day that, that really sets you down that path towards success. For sure. So, um, I have two little kids and, uh, two and a half and four and a half. So my mornings start with absolute chaos. Um, we have, you know, two little ones and then two big dogs. We just moved. So there's still stuff kind of everywhere. And, you know, that's, that's all part of life and the entrepreneurial journey, you know, just kind of figuring it out and balancing it all. Um, and, and so sometimes we get the alarm. I'm actually excited when I hear my alarm instead of, you know, a a small child jumping on and and saying, mommy, daddy, mommy, daddy, let's go. But, um, typically it starts with waking up with the kids, um, trying to figure out breakfast for them, answering all their fun questions about life in the world, you know, answering, you know, what, what did this dream mean? Um, what what are you making for coffee this morning, mommy? You know, they always ask us about that. Um, and, and kind of in the midst of all that chaos, um, I try to figure out initiating my actual morning routine, um, which, which all centers around going to the gym, um, for the last two years or so, like pretty much right when the pandemic started, um, I started a, a new morning routine that involved going to the gym every single day. I've probably missed in two years, maybe four days. Um, and I, I listened to a podcast actually, and, and it was this cool story about someone who like 
you just got to do it. So some days I go for five minutes and I just walk on the treadmill for five minutes. I look at my phone and, you know, do whatever. And then I go, but like, it's just that habit of always doing it. And before I go to the gym, I'm a, I'm a product guy. So I'm going to reach out here and I always have one of these. It's just a like green packet of random okay. stuff and then uh, basically greens. And then I always have a, an Owen shake, which is I'm non-dairy. So I, I try to find the highest protein, non-dairy protein shake. Um, and then I, you know, do a little toast or something for carbs. And then, um, my dad got me into vitamins. He's always been a vitamin guy for, for his whole life. And so I take a plethora of vitamins, including liquid vitamins like this. And then I have one of these nerdy things over here with my like seven days, morning and night. Um, I mean, literally like 15 or 20 pills a day, um, getting all those vitamins, pre-workout, all that stuff. And then, you know, yeah, treadmill, some kind of lifting. Um, I've gained about 40 pounds in the last two years. Um, my goal is to get to 220. Um, sometime this year I'm at 210 now, so I'm almost there. And, and that's, yeah, that's really my routine is just hitting the gym, whatever it takes to, to get out of the house and go do it. Um, and then taking care of my body with the right supplements and nutrients so that I can perform mentally and physically for whatever the day brings. I love it. And Kudos to you. Four days in two years. That that's an amazing accomplishment. Only only missing that that much time. And, you know, absolutely giving yourself the proper fuel as well as vitamin supplementation so you can run hard, play hard, and and be in peak physical and mental state. So love those those pieces to it. So you know, one thing that, that I want to get into is your entrepreneurial journey. I know it, it was definitely had some, some bumps, some major challenges starting a, an American based company, American made company. So could you share a little bit of, uh, of that background with us before we get into some other strategies? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, my friend Tyler and I started Vortic watch company in college. Actually, we had the idea when we went to school at Penn state and we, we wanted to make a watch that was actually made in USA. We had a whole bunch of different ideas. We had this really cool idea of like, what if you could like twist the bezel of the watch, it would tighten the, the wristband around your wrist, you know, like all kinds of cool, like making watches fit better, all this kind of stuff. That was, that was the original idea. Um, and that's why it's called Vortec. It's Vortex and TikTok. You know, we had all these, all these really, I think, fun ideas around watches and uh, we pitched a bunch of them in pitch competitions and did a whole bunch of research. And we decided at one point, and I forget how the decision got made, but we said, all right, if we're going to make a watch, we're going to make it in America. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to try. Like, that's, that's the big thing. And as we did that research to try to figure out who could make all the, we wanted to make a mechanical watch, like not battery powered, not the cheap crap you see everywhere, all, the, all over the internet. We wanted to make a real watch. You know, you have to wind it every day, like something that you have to be part of. So we call that mechanical watch. That's what our industry calls it too. And so um, we did all this research and we stumbled upon the history of what we call the great American watch companies. Most people don't know that America was the Switzerland of the world for about 100 years between the mid 1800s and the mid 1900s. And for that 100 years, over 100 million pocket watches were manufactured in the Northeast of America. And they were made by huge companies that some people might recognize like Hamilton, Illinois, Elgin, Waltham. These were the great American watch companies. Today, fast forward, most people scrap pocket watches for the gold or silver of their cases. And the movement or all the gears and springs, what we call the movement on the inside gets thrown away. So we just care, like most people just care about the gold. 
we care about that inside. We decided that if we could salvage and restore those original American mechanisms from pocket watches made 100 years ago Mm -hmm. and turn them into one-of-a-kind wristwatches, we could make the case and the crown and, and the buckle and the leather, all the outside stuff. It's a little bigger. It's easier to make. It's easier to figure out. Right. And by doing that, we have ourselves a completely American-made wristwatch, and we're one of the only American watch companies, period. But we're definitely one of the only ones making almost everything uh, here in the States. And it's because the inside is that, you know, originally antique. Well, wow, that's pretty interesting. I did not know that fact as, as far as the pocket watches and, and how many were produced and that we were the Switzerland of, of watches for, for some time. So I know you had some trials and tribulations, kind of a legal battle that went on as, as well as you were doing things. Explain kind of some of the, some of the, uh, some of the valleys that you went through, through building the, uh, the company. Absolutely. So we started, we launched um, what we call the American Artisan Series. That's what this product is called. Um, and we launched Vortec Watch Company on Kickstarter in 2014. Um, it was November of that year. And we re- really throughout the year 2015, we were trying to figure out how to make it. You know how Kickstarter works. It's like taking pre-orders. It was minimum viable product. And then it's like, all right, let's spend the next 12 months, figure out how to make it and then ship it to the customer and then pretty much start the business. Um, and we got a cease and desist from the Swatch Group, which is the world's largest watch conglomerate, in May, uh, May or June of 2015, before we had even shipped a single watch to a single customer. Hmm. And um, the cease and desist became a lawsuit, and that lawsuit was between, it's called Hamilton versus Vortic. Long story short, um, what's on my wrist today is a what we call the Lancaster 001. So this pocket watch and it's hard to see, but it says Hamilton right on the front of it. It was manufactured by the Hamilton Watch Company in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. In this one was 1927. Um, we salvaged the face of the pocket watch and the entire mechanism from inside of the pocket watch. So it's all original inside. And mm-hmm. it still says Hamilton on the face. Right. The Swatch Group owns the trademark to the word Hamilton. And so they don't like it when we use their name that they own a trademark for to make our watches gotcha and it became this huge lawsuit um, involving trademark infringement and counterfeiting that's what they accused us of now you know that was 2015 tyler and i are kids at this point i still feel like that way i'm 31 now like we were (laughs) just out of college we launched on kickstarter we're just trying to figure like i'm raising money i'm still working a full-time job and we get sued by the largest company in our industry um, and in hindsight, <laughs> um, it, 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 you know, it, it's a long story, obviously, because, um, we finished the lawsuit and officially won, um, in late 2021. Wow. So, um, the majority of the life of our company, we've been fighting the Swatch Group, um, over this, this trademark dispute. And, um, you know, yeah, lots of peaks and valleys, um, lots of lots of good press around it. Our customers, you know, and, and fans and, and employees and everyone, like support structure came uh, to our support and, and helped us a lot. Um, you know, customers kept buying things throughout this lawsuit, even when we started talking about it, especially when we started talking about it. Um, and, you know, our legal counsel just basically 
said like, hey, you're you're right. You haven't done anything wrong. You're upcycling. You're recycling. There's all kinds of protection. You're, what you what we make at Vortec is art. So it's not like we're ripping somebody off and stealing somebody's trademark. Right. Um, but even though you're innocent until proven guilty, it's really expensive to prove that you're innocent, um, especially over six years. And so, um, so yeah, it, it, it was a huge journey. Um, I know now more about trademark law than I think any entrepreneur <laughs> should, um, unless you are an attorney. Um, but, um, but, you know, here we are. And, and thank God I have a, a great team, a great support structure. My family, uh, you know, helped me and supported me. I have a fantastic business partner and friend and Tyler, uh, who's my co-founder. Um, and we, again, I don't know when or how or if we even had the discussion, but at some point it was kind of decided that I would take the brunt of the lawsuit and I would fight it and I would do things like this and talk about it. And then he would, you know, stay home and and figure out how to make the watches with our team and, and make gotcha. sure we, we never shut down production and things were just, just going and going and going. And, um, I think because we kind of divided and conquered that, um, that was definitely a key to success. Awesome. Wow. What a, what a story over six years, a journey. Congrats on, on finally getting, getting through it. I'm sure it was a, a weight lifted off your shoulders. What about, you know, obviously American made, uh, American mm -hmm. built company. What are some challenges that, that, companies face when they choose to take that direction? Absolutely. So um, over the last two years, have actually been the best times to have an American made product because we were not impacted by the pandemic and the okay. supply chain shortages. Um, and so that's, I just want to start with a pro, you know, like start with why, right? Like, why should you make things in America? Well, our business was almost pandemic proof because we're making everything in America and we make a lot of stuff in-house here in Colorado. So huge win there. Massive challenges to do so. And just the definition of American made is hard to understand. The definition of made in USA says all or virtually all critical components must be manufactured within the continental United States or within the United States to be called um, American made. Okay. And that all or virtually all is really interesting because if you compare it to Swiss made, you know, when a watch like a Rolex or an Omega has to be Swiss made, it means that 60% of the value, that's what Switzerland says, 60% mm -hmm. of the value or the cost of the watch has to be manufactured in Switzerland. Um, so that's only 60%. Gotcha. All or virtually all critical components, that's like 98% to be able to stamp made in USA. So um, it's almost impossible to stamp that made in USA on, on products. You have to do it all correctly. You have to go by the book. You have to find good suppliers and you have to have a trusted supply chain. And honestly, it just takes time and hustle and resources to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing kind of the differences, right? Of of made in the US, 98% versus Swiss, 60%. And many people don't know the dynamic between a Swiss made versus USA made and, and what the true components are of, of those pieces. So I appreciate you shedding some light into that. And it definitely uh definitely makes sense. And and if people are listening, watching, you might need to dig a little bit deeper into what American made, well, now you know American made, but wherever else it's made, where those products are truly manufactured, where their components are coming from to know the the true makeup of, of what you're buying for sure. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting conversation and it is really hard to do. Um, but it's, it's worth it. You know, now our suppliers, we have great relationships with, with the suppliers that we have. Um, and it does cost more. I mean, to, to make something in America versus China is, is two, three, four times as much, depending on what it is. Um, but we're creating sustainable jobs, um, and helping people, helping hopefully more people achieve that American dream throughout the entire supply chain, uh, which always feels, you know, really good when you think about it, you're, you're doing the right thing, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So starting out, obviously going through the, the legal battle that, that was a lot of stress related to it, you know, taking it from scratch to seven figures in revenue. I know you use some you know, influencer marketing. I would love to dive into that fact of, of how you, how you leverage that. Uh, to to build your brand as well, yeah. So we've we've tried it all um, in the, in the last you know almost it's been almost a decade since Tyler and I had this idea, um, and and a long time since Kickstarter. And we've we've tried so many different marketing tools that I know and I can say with certainty the biggest one and the num- the number one thing that works for us and I think our key to success is email marketing. Okay. And so we send an email every Tuesday at 12 noon and we have for, I think almost three years now, it's like two and a half probably. Um, and you know, tens of thousands of people on our email list and they expect that email. And we, we basically make one watch every day. And so we send a weekly roundup of here's the last handful of watches that we made. They're all one of a kind pieces. If they're left, you can buy them. If not, check them out. Here's some cool pictures. So to get back to your question, in order to grow our email list, we've done a million different things like PR and influencer affiliate marketing sweepstakes, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, Influencer marketing is really tricky. We dabbled and I tried a bunch of different things and like micro influencers and all that, but mostly with influencers, you have to send them product. We don't make very many watches. We make, um, I mean, we made less than 400 watches total last year. Um, Okay. And so I can't just ship one to every influencer I want to work with and say, please post about this. We don't have that luxury. Um, So we have to do a lot of networking um, when it comes to influencer marketing. And we have to find the right one so that we get not just a splash in the pan um, as far as, you know, promotion, but we get some sort of longer term relationship out of it. Um, And I have a few examples. Um, Probably the biggest one that we got I would say almost definitely the base one we got is uh, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And that came from networking. Um, so I, I was doing a podcast uh, called Products Worth Talking About with my friend. We interviewed uh, somebody else in the CPG world. Um, he had just been or was just about to be on Shark Tank. Um, he went on and, and his company's called MC Squares. Kevin, they basically make reusable sticky notes. Kevin okay. O'Leary invested in him on Shark Tank. And he called me a few days later and said, hey, I want to send Kevin a gift to say thank you for investing in my company um, on Shark Tank. Can I, can I buy a watch from you? And so that's how the connection came. And so we got, mm-hmm. we got connected with, with Kevin and his people. He was in Vegas at that time. And I had 24 hours to figure out how to get this, this man a watch. And, <laughs> and you know, if you, don't, if you know Mr. Wonderful, he's also a watch collector. He has millions of dollars worth of watches. And so this is like the perfect candidate for gotcha. hopefully promoting us. Figure it out, shipping the watch. And 
he does a video a few weeks later with his friend going through like the new watches he's recently gotten. And he's talking about this like $1.2 million watch and all the diamonds and everything. And then he's like, and this thing over here and he grabs the Vortec watch is way cooler than that. And he he goes through our whole story because we we wrote him a personal note and letter and said, thank you for your interest in this. It's a personal gift from a friend of a friend, all this stuff. So all the big influencers like Mr. Wonderful that we've gotten to to post about and share about um, our watches have been through very long processes of networking, making partnerships, friendships, and just seeding those ideas to say, hey, Next time you need to give someone famous a gift, don't give them, you know, a pen or a plaque or, or something else. Give them a watch that's literally one of a kind that no one else in the world will ever have that's made in America. That's like the epitome of the American dream as a story. And, and that has worked for us with, with Kevin O'Leary, uh, Dave Hollis, Chris Harder, uh, Lewis Howes. Um, I got to sit in Lewis houses. I got to sit in the chair that Oprah sat in in Lewis's recording studio when I gave him his watch. Nice. Um, and it's mostly been like entrepreneurial um, influencers that we've worked with. And that's just because of that's the people like this that I, I talk to and I meet and 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 talk about. And um, it just also happens that I, I, I bet over 50, maybe 60 percent of our consumers, our customers at Vortec are small business owners and entrepreneurs. Gotcha. So I think it's a good mix there. Yeah, it makes sense. And and I love kind of the the long process and the seeding of ideas, right? And yeah. and I, I come from that same train of thought where it's just conversations and and having building relationships. And and that's yeah. I feel like that's a such a lost art in today's social media driven worlds and and people are just pinging, selling, and how about we have a conversation and one, see if we like each other first, and and then you never know where the conversation goes. So so right in line with you there for for sure, RT. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love it. It's it's fun, and and obviously when when somebody like that, somebody like Mister Wonderful, posts on YouTube, um, we get all kinds of traffic, and then we try to put them in the funnel. Right? How do we get that traffic to get on our email list? And there's a whole science to that too. So um, those are the things that we're constantly working on. Is when we get a big PR hit, or we get a big influencer marketing hit, or um, we do a sweepstakes or giveaway or something like that. How do we get as many of those people onto our email list? And then how do we tell them our story? Because once they hear our story and they understand what we're about um, and they like watches, then they'll be a customer. Yep. No, I absolutely agree. Love, uh, love that fact. So where can, uh, where can people learn more about you, learn more about uh, you know, Vortec and the, uh, the company and, and get on that email list? Absolutely. So it's just vorticwatches.com. V is in Victor, O R T I C, watches.com. Uh, my email address is rt at vorticwatches.com. If, if you want to chat about something or if I can uh, serve in any way, I'd love to. Um, and, and yeah, you can sign up for our email list there at vorticwatches.com and, and follow us on Instagram. Uh, we use basically, we use Instagram as like a gallery of all the past watches that we built. Um, and that's the same. It's just Vortic Watches. Awesome. RT, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your journey and thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon.
Thank you for listening to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. You now have the knowledge, but without action, knowledge is useless. Choose to act. Choose to step into your greatness and unlock that hero inside of you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so more entrepreneurs can hear this message. If you absolutely love this podcast, which I hope you do, then share it up with someone you know who might see benefit from it. Become that beacon of change and together we can impact the world.